Educate for Life on KPRZ is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? (laughs) Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tide and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. To be quite honest, I'm running on fumes. Many of you have asked for interviews. I've tried to nicely ignore you. I hope you understand that my brain is fried. Uh, the memorization it takes to run a major city police department just on a normal process day with all the things that happen is overwhelming. So this transpiring along with the normal things that are continuing to happen in the city is, is difficult at best. Um, Again, I go back to I'm a person of faith. I believe that I'm able to stand here and discuss this with you is uh, a testament to God's grace and his sweet, tender mercies. Just to be quite honest with you. Uh, because uh, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish here is above challenging. It, it is, we're asking cops to do too much in this country. We are. We're just asking us to do too much. Every societal failure, we put it off on the cops to solve. Not enough mental health funding. Let the cop handle it. Not enough drug addiction funding. Let's give it to the cops. Here in Dallas, we got a loose dog problem. Let's have the cops chase loose dogs. It, it, you know, schools fail. Give it to the cops. Seventy um, percent of that. Is being raised by single women. Let's give it to the cops to solve that as well. That's too much to ask. Policing was never meant to solve all those problems. And I just ask for other parts of our democracy, along with the free press, to help us. To help us uh, and not put that burden all on law enforcement to resolve. So again, just being pretty pretty honest with you, you know, I have raw feelings about all of what we do, and don't ask me if you don't want the answer. Welcome to Educate for Life. Thanks for listening today. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and that was Dallas Chief David Brown, uh, Police Chief David Brown, who was uh, gave a, this was a few days back after the shootings that took place in Texas, and uh, just responding, uh, he is a uh, black man, and he is a uh, uh, as I said, a police chief there. And I thought that was important to start off with because what's happening in our country right now with the shootings and with all the things that are going on, race relations and everything else, you know, how we respond to this is going to determine the future of our country, the future of the generations that are involved. 
And so I thought it was important to talk about this because obviously uh, the Bible and Jesus Christ and Christianity has a lot to say about how we handle our relationships with one another and with those of other races and so forth. And in studio with me today, I have um, three guests, Glenn McKinney. McKinney, he is a youth pastor at St. Stephen's and he's been there for a really long time. Uh, he said all his life. All yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot for being here, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Glenn. And his father is, is well known uh, in the city also just uh, done a lot. Uh, been a big, huge blessing here, Bishop yes. McKenney. Yes. And uh, I've also got a uh, pro- protege. Did I say that right? Yes, sir, that's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> protege. Uh, he's got a, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see his big Jesus hat. He is a rapper for Christ and he's also a senior at Christian high school. He was my student last year. Uh, just recently won uh fastest man in San Diego, fastest guy in San Diego. Is that right, Theo? Yes, sir. That is correct. That's incredible. Uh, obviously him and I haven't raced or he'd be second fastest man in San Diego, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's also seventh fastest in, um, in, uh, the state in the hundred meter dash. And also Daniel Wigginton, also, um, uh, one of my previous students right. and, a uh, huge smile and, uh, actor up in LA working hard. And uh, so thanks, guys, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, and if you're, not, if, you're, if you're not watching on YouTube, all three of these gentlemen are black guys. And so uh, I just want to make that clear. Yes. And um, I just I thought it was important um, because I feel like with what's happening here, I feel like, um, Glenn, I wanted your perspective mm-hmm. um, because you've worked with youth all your life. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear what, what you're hearing among the young people in your congregation and so forth. Um, and how you respond to these sorts of issues where there can be a lot of uh, hate and anger that that rises up. Yes. And so what advice and counsel did you give them? And then I, I wanted to hear your guys' perspective also because um, you're the up-and-coming generation. Right. And depending on how you deal with it will determine, um, you know, where our country goes and what happens. And so, um, Glenn, why don't we start off with you and just, um, you know, get your perspective on racism as far as that's concerned and – uh, have you ever experienced racism in your own life, and how do you deal with that uh, one-to-one when it comes to Jesus Christ and, and your relationship with Christ and all? That's a great question, Kevin. And uh, to answer your question, have I ever experienced racism in my life? Yes, I experienced it. Uh, it's so embedded in and systemic in society that it, it it's it's kind of a norm. You know, when I'm walking down the street and a lady may— clutch her purse because I'm walking by or um, I'm, I go into a nice jewelry shop and they follow me around and ask me what I want, how, you know, how can I help you? So I, I'm, I'm used to it. But because Jesus Christ did what he did on the cross, it, it, it causes me not to have uh, the ill feelings that one could so easily uh, take on. When I, sit, when I understand and know that Jesus died for, for all of us and that he wants us all to live in unity and wants us all to, uh, to really respond to these things with, with, with the manner that he would do. Mm. So I, 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 I can't be in my flesh. When I see that, it's easy to, to respond, mm. but you really have to be under the power of the Holy Spirit to really understand and to and and just as Jesus, when he died on the cross, and they and he and one of the most powerful things he said is, "Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do." Mm. Yeah. So a lot of people are, you know, racism is is not is it's taught, and 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 it's it's something that's taught and it's been taught since the beginning and the origins of this country. 
So it's not a, it's not a conversation that we can have. And and uh, it's just, and it, and, you know, it's just two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's way deeper than that. Yeah. You know, so many people don't even know why they feel the way they feel. They, mm-hmm. they don't even understand. So I think. Uh, and what I tell my youth when they're feeling the rage, when they when they're feeling like they want to burn something, excuse me, when they want to burn something up, I, I let them, you know, I let them express themselves, because so often as we were coming up, we weren't allowed to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. We were said we were we were told, you know, to to be quiet mm-hmm. and, and to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. But we really can't do that with this generation because this generation is so powerful, so smart, so intelligent, and has so much to offer. And it is our job to guide them and to really get them back to Jesus yeah. and really get them to see who Jesus is and really get them to come into an understanding of what it's like to, to live a life sacrificed and, and, and availed to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now you're 46 years old. Yes. So you've uh, the time you were growing up, like you're saying, is going to be different than the time that uh, these, these young men here are growing up. What they experience is going to be slightly different than what you experienced and um, so I want to ask you guys um, in your own lives, I, I want to kind of contrast what it was like growing up uh, in your generation. If we had somebody even older, that'd be cool to, to hear what they had to say, mm-hmm. too. But I want to uh, hear for your own lives, um, how has racism impacted you? Have, are you experiencing these kinds of things, too, that he's talking about? Do you feel like uh, racism plays a big role in your life, it, that, it, that it's affecting um, your ability to live or to... How, how do you feel, Daniel? You want to share on that? Yeah, um, I think, of course, it does. Like you said, it's very rooted in uh, the American ideology that mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a over overarching white supremacy thing that 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 overarchs everything. I, to piggyback off what he said, it's not just racism. I think it comes from it's uh, like a pyramid stacked on a whole bunch of things. You know, it starts from one thing, it builds on another, it keeps on building. Now you have this. People don't even know why they're racist. People don't even know why they're this way, but it's come from all these different levels. And so for me, um, I have experienced racism in my life. Um, I'm of a lighter tone, so it's not to an extent because even that plays a role in this racist thing. And even and even within the black community, we've somehow made it where, you know, oh, it's a dark skin versus light skin kind of thing. You know, the 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 field Negro versus the house Negro uh, kind of thinking, which I think we, of course, need to get rid of. Um, but at the same time, I think that the race, it, I think we need to hold on and uh, hold on to this, that racism isn't nearly what it was 30 40 years ago. You know, I'm talking about people going out there getting killed just straight up because they're black. Now it's like it's under interpretation, you know, because of this or that. It's not straight up because he's black. So I think we should also acknowledge that we've come a very long way. We obviously have a long way to go, but we've Mm. come an awful long way from being just because we're black. You know, we need to hurt this guy or get this person out of town. Whereas now... Do you I think mean, that's true, Glenn? Do you think that there is progress uh, being made, or do you think you know it's funny? Oh, it's I, no I, doubt. That, I, I heard a, a young person. Uh, say, he he uh, characterized uh, society today. He said, "Today is no different from 1955. It's just that we have Wi-Fi." And this came mm. from a young person. Oh, yeah. so he so he's saying that he's what, saying, he thinks that it doesn't it hasn't changed. And and I I, I tend to th- feel the same way. I think that sometimes we. Uh, we we get into certain uh, comfort levels, like uh, Barack Obama being president. Now mm-hmm. that's something that wouldn't have happened in 1955. Right. We know that. Yeah, right. but it's right. happened now. So a lot of us, 
we look at that and say, oh, OK, racism's gone. We got a, pres- <laughs> we got a black president, you know, but that that's so far from true. It's just that yeah. so, the game has changed. OK, so, so we're focused on one thing. Yeah. And and something else, and they're, you know, they're pulling something else and we're oblivious to what the game is or who where, where the where. You know, where the marks are, where, yeah. you know, what the game, we're, we're oblivious to what's going on. So fundamentally, uh, fundamentally, what we're looking at here is we're, we know uh, as Bible believing Christians that there's a devil yes. and who would like nothing better than to destroy any relationship yes. that was healthy between races, yes. whether that's black and white or Asians and blacks or it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and so the question becomes, um, you know, what is our best strategy to defeat that Christ, like you were saying, Christ. But um, Glenn, you were saying that, okay, th- so things have changed. So we have a, a black president. And so for a lot of people, they say, hey, well, this is clear evidence that um, although racism still exists, um, that that racism must be diminishing. I think that you don't hear that too much from the black community, that racist, racism has diminished because we have a black president. You hear that from people outside of that. Sure. That, that say, you know what, well, you have a black president, a, a black president would never be like, oh, we have a black president. There must be no more racism. Right. If you just look at the KKK, just imagine if there was a black group that fundamentally wanted to get rid of white people. I mean, those people are getting wiped off the face of the earth mm. as soon as those guys get their name out there. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's no doubt that, uh, you know, there's still abundance of racism. But like he said, uh, Okay, so when we get back, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip, and uh, I'm going to kind of challenge you guys on this, and I, okay. I think it's important to have open dialogue and to discuss these things, right? Yes. Um, and I want to I want to get your response to what he says. He actually said, he's a black man who says that racism is not the main issue, and I just want to hear what you guys ha- have to, uh, how you would respond to what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, we'll get, we're going to be right back. You're listening to Educate for Life Radio, and uh, we're talking about Jesus and uh, racism. Stay with us. For the rest of my days But the truth is I don't know Where I let you go Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Desiree Burgess and her team at heartsandpearls.com are proud sponsors of Educate for Life. From her roots at San Diego Christian College, Desiree's goal is for women to feel beautiful. Discover heartsandpearls.com. You'll find a custom handmade fashion forward accessory line for the modern woman, child, and baby. Hear Desiree's story now at heartsandpearls.com, where the opposite of fear is faith. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Download the free KPRZ 1210 AM app to see what you hear on the radio and save it to your smartphone. Listen and interact all day, every day.
dust up against the wall With the weight of my worries stacked up tall You're strong enough to hold it all Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. I have three uh, wonderful guests here in studio with me. We're, we're live. If you want to call in and ask a question of any of the guests, you can. Uh, I've got uh, Daniel Wigginton. Hey. Uh, he just... Uh, now, you graduated from college already, Daniel? No, I have not. Okay, so you're still in college in Acton. Yes, I'm And we've Acton. got uh, Theo Goodwin here. He's uh, also a rapper for Christ. He's a senior in high school. And we've got Glenn McKenney, Pastor Glenn McKenney. He is a youth pastor here in San Diego. Been here for a long time working with youth. I wanted to play a quick clip from um, a black... Uh, uh, he's a kind of a political pundit. He's, got his, he's been on the radio for 25 years his name is Larry Elder. He actually says that racism is not the issue that should be, be uh, focused on. Listen to what he says. The goal is to re- re- tell black people that we're victims, that uh, discrimination and racism remain major problems in America when, in fact, they don't. Uh, and uh, they want black people to vote for the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party gets uh, 95% of the black vote, uh, and the reason they get it is because blacks are convinced that the number one issue facing the country right now is social justice, racist white cops, uh, discrimination, systemic uh, racism, microaggression, whatever new word they come up with, and it's a bunch of nonsense. The number one problem domestically facing this country is a breakdown of the family. And uh, President Obama said it. I didn't. Uh, a, a, a black kid, or a kid, not just a black kid, a kid raised without a dad, is five times more likely to be poor and commit crimes, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. So you're far more likely to end up in jail without having a dad than you are because of a white racist cop. Okay, so that was Larry Elder on his view on this. And guys, I just want to hear your perspective. What do you agree with him? What do you disagree with him uh, regarding this issue? And uh, what impact does this have on uh, how we deal with these issues when it comes to things like Black Lives Matter and uh, the police and so forth? Uh, Theo, I'll give you a chance to respond first here. Yeah, um, well, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Secondly, I would like to say that I agree with him um, in numerous ways. One, I have to... We have to understand that we're trying to we're trying to cut a weed at the top instead of going down to the root of the problem. You know, the weed is going to keep on growing back until you get it from the root and completely remove the problem. And if we're going and uh, keep on cutting at racism, the weed is going to keep going back because that's not the root of the problem. The root of the problem is a heart issue. And until we get and understand that it is a heart issue and hearts of man need to change before mm-hmm. America before this nation will change, um, we're not going to go anywhere. I mean, we'll have, there'll be uh, slavery, I mean, not slavery, but racism will diminish to a certain extent, but it'll keep on growing back. You know, um, we have to understand that our hearts, as believers in Christ, we know that our hearts are inherently evil. And without Christ, we have no chance. We have no shot. And so once we understand that and we give our and we give ourselves up and we give our, our hearts to Christ, um, I believe at that moment is when we will really begin to see change. That's awesome. That's an awesome answer. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic. Glenn, what do you think? Um, I, 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 I didn't agree with anything he said, really, okay. because I think what he says minimizes what really goes on. Mm. He talked about black fathers not being. At, at, in the in the home and yeah. thusly uh, a child suffering because the father is not there. And a lot of that happens is because of racism where, where a father or a black man 
is made to feel less than. Even if you look back at uh, the Willie Lynch letter, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm, the not. Willie Lynch letter. No. It was a letter written back in the 1700s. Okay. And it talked about how we, as the, the white slave owners, they could keep uh, people in, enslaved long after the chains were gone. And if you read that letter, you see the problems that, that, face, that faces the, the African-American community today. Mm-hmm. You see it being played out. So to say that racism is, and, and systematic racism is not a problem and that we don't need to focus on that, that is, you know, that's, that's ludicrous to me. That's like you're, you know, that, that there's a cancer in your body and you're just going to ignore it. It's like, yeah. oh, it's not there. You know, it's not, it's not really that bad, but it's really eating you up. You know, and the thing about it is we have to, I think, to be honest with you, we have to talk. You know, so often when we sit down with each other, we're so, we're so worried about getting our point across. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, and, it's, and in fact, in the discussion, we're not listening to yeah. each other. We're waiting to talk. And if, if I'm wait, if you're talking and I'm, you know, waiting or, or, or to jump in, jump yeah. in yeah. I'm, I, it's like I'm waiting to talk yeah. instead of listening. Absolutely. So, uh, so that I they think, told me that in marriage counseling class. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they told me. Right. You gotta listen to your you, wife and stop you, oh, trying to get man, her to talk to you. You gotta listen to your wife. You gotta listen. That's a whole nother show. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> that's that's right. too. Hey, you gotta read between the lines sometimes. <laughs> so I, I don't know if no Daniel may want to jump in on that. Um, yeah, no, I think you guys made some uh, outstanding points. For me, I, I was talking about at the break. I think that racism is one of the, the the most one of the smallest things. I mean, we need to get rid of this thing real quick because it's just based on the color of uh, someone's skin, where they uh, where their ancestors grew up, whether it was in a desert or where it was in a hot place, a cold place, and that's yeah. just how they evolved. And that's all it is. We're all human at the end of the day. And see, for me, uh, what I Daniel, have you ever experienced personally racism? Have you? Has that happened to you at all? You know, my outlook, I think it, it, it's kind of a, a little different for me just because of my outlook. But I just want to say something real quick. Sure, I feel sure. like for he was saying it was a breakdown of the family. Mm-hmm. I was correct for why yeah. what we need to kind of work on. And for me, I could see how that works. But like for uh, like how Glenn said, I think it comes more from the education because as babies, you're not racist. Right. Yeah, that's true. Babies don't start out racist. Yeah, babies <laughs> are just loving. And they and and my thought is that we are inherently we have inherently good inside of us and that's why you see these youth just being so loving and so caring to other babies around their age you know what i'm saying so for me uh going back to the race thing well, i don't know about that my i've seen my wife used to have a daycare and the kids weren't too nice to each other but <laughs> uh, well but they didn't choose to be nice or or good right. based on but race it's, exactly right. yeah. <laughs> it's not based on race so like i said it's part of the education how yeah. how people are educated growing up and that's not just i'm talking about your schooling that's yeah. you know a lot there's a lot of different things that play factors into that yeah well we're we were coming up on a break here so stay with us we're going to continue this conversation and i think this is a good step in the right direction this is the kind of stuff we have to deal with yeah. and we have to address and say okay how are we best going to step uh, move forward and uh surprisingly there actually is a large percent of the population that does think that racism is worse now than it's almost been in 40 years well the and, media would make you think so of course yeah so so we'll uh when we come back we'll continue to uh talk about these issues thanks for tuning in today I want to know you I want to find you in every season
Not all home inspections are created equal. Experience matters. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. So call before you buy or sell and protect your investment. Call 619-660-7866 or online at sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right. Guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. Hi, I'm Chris Brown, host of the brand new radio show, Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. What could you do if you were debt-free? God has a lot to say about money. Tune in. Evenings at 8 on KPRZ. Okay, here we go, guys. Here we go. Calling all the messengers. Calling all the A new CBS New York Times poll shows 69% of Americans believe race relations in this country are mostly bad, marking not only the lowest point in Obama's presidency, but also in nearly a quarter century. Uh, Eric, your mm. thoughts? Mm. So the quarter century going back to, to, to L.A. and the Rodney King era, but mm-hmm. I would suggest it's probably race relations in America are probably as bad as they've been since the late 60s when we had the massive race riots in Chicago and, and, and whatnot. President Obama... Okay, you're on Educate for Life Radio. This is Kevin Connor. I'm your host, and we're talking about racism. We're talking about uh, the the what we can do about racism, especially as Christians. Um, Christ has told us how we're to love people that we're all from one father. Uh, the Bible is very clear. There is no Jew or Greek. There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. Um, and that we're not supposed to be separating from one another based on these distinctions. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be loving each other. And I wanted to um, just um, read the definition of racism. Um, it's, sure. it's interesting. I, I feel like this is important. Um, the definition is the belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to that race, especially so as to distinguish it as inferior or superior to another race or races. And um, I, I, this is an interesting definition that a person says, OK, that race has all of these uh, characteristics. So they look at that person and they say, uh, you know, somebody could say uh, there's this popular stereotype of Asians that they're all smart, right? And so that would be a form of racism. Um, And the reason it's wrong Mm. is that 
you know, our behavior, our attitude has nothing to do with our skin color. Right. So genetically, my behavior is not tied uh, to my skin color. And in fact, the studies that have been done on genetics shows that you actually can't tie any specific behavior directly to a gene. And so it would make it makes no sense scientifically. Racism makes no sense, along with being wrong. Um, so science has proven that there is no there's no race. There's only one race. It's the human race. Yes, exactly. It's proven that that is exactly. You can go look that up. Well, what, here's another interesting. If you want to look up an interesting fact, recently uh, or quite a while ago, I believe it's over in remember i think it's in uh it's in europe somewhere a couple was uh, gave birth to twins one was black and one that. was white whoa yeah and the white one had red hair and the black one was just i mean you would never have guessed wow. that yeah and uh huh. and, and so that there uh, kind of proves the point that you're making we're wow. all of we're all of one race the human wow. race yeah and so we have to uh, eliminate these distinctions um so Regarding Black Lives Matters and what's happened in the news and with what's, what was happening there, um, can you guys give voice to what what do you appreciate about what they're saying, but at the same time, what do you dislike? I mean, some of the dislike is is obvious, but uh, Glenn, what, what is your feeling towards that movement and what, what's happening there? Well, I think the movement is a very powerful movement and a very positive movement. Um, just as any positive thing, there is always going to be some something uh, that tried to take away or tried to make negative or mm. or tried to think or trivialize what they're doing. Um, the, one of the, 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 the biggest misconceptions about Black Lives Matter is that when it's said that it automatically means that no, nobody else matters. Oh, and, uh, that's and, silly. Yeah, yeah and, right. and, but see, that's what people Ridiculous. like, you know, made, uh, uh, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, he spoke to that. He, he called it a divisive organization a terrorist organization and that's really <laughs> not what it is and 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 when you have but how do you respond glenn because mm-hmm. uh, you know they have video footage of a gigantic crowd saying you know we want to kill cops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do you re- how do you reconcile the two there? i don't think i don't think that 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 really represents mm-hmm. who they are mm-hmm. i and, think that's an aberrant uh uh sect or or people who you know who took that platform, they saw that it was an opportunity for them to get their, you know, uh, their, their, So you think maybe that was just in that particular city where that was the attitude, but that doesn't, I doesn't apply I don't, to the, I don't think to that the movement it, as a whole? No, I don't think it and applies to the movement And if I could just jump in real quick, yeah. I think that's a very big distinction we need to talk about. See, when that happened, you said there was a group that said, let's kill all cops. Well, See, it's a, if you look it up on YouTube, it's huge. It's, I mean, it's not well, a well, small, it's not like 10 it's people. A mob. It's, it's a mob. It's a mob. Yeah. Again, well... Like I'm saying, this mob of people, however big it is, the Black Lives uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is the whole country. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. So that's this group of people, and I think that's some very big distinction because we do this with the cops. We we have this for some reason rationalized where we're like, oh, well, because this person did this, all sure. of these cops are bad. Right. All these cops aren't bad. We and, know that. We and probably you're right. all know I mean, good cops. We have to these be, are all isolated incidents mm-hmm. that we have seen. Yeah. And even if you take in like the big ones like Tamar Rice, Sandra Bland, Alton Sterling, et cetera, et cetera. I would say in the last three years, those big ones that people are really getting riled over, they're not getting riled over, you know, what's going on in politics, the ecosystem, what's going on uh, in other countries. What they're really getting riled up for is black uh, with uh, is white police officer killing a presumably innocent a uh, black man or black woman. That's the narrative that really gets people inspired for some reason in America. And so for me, you have to just get, you have to take a step back from that and say, okay, are we talking about all these cops or are we just talking about these, these, 
yeah. these bad cops a big tendency, kind of like what you're saying. A big tendency is to broad brush, broad brush, and, and, and uh, yeah, and it. I think it's it's weird because it almost seems natural for people to do this. Uh, even myself, I have to be very careful about doing that. Is saying, like you said, oh, that applies to everything. It's interesting because versus, I find myself. I think everybody finds yeah. themselves at some point being like, "Oh, that's what's wrong." Dealing with, these with people, dealing with individuals, or, you know, right. something, right? Because each person is unique, exactly, uh, in God's eyes, and each pe- person has different thoughts, and each person responds differently. Right. So we have to treat people as individuals, not as this massive group. And that, that I think does do a lot to uh, facilitate anger and hate yes. to people who don't deserve it. Yeah. Exactly. We can't paint the entire group with the same brush. So like you said, um, if you have a mob and they are all saying for Black Lives Matter um, and they're all saying they want to kill cops and then you can look at a Christian riot and they all have banners and signs saying God hates gays and God right. wants gays to go to hell. You can't associate right. <laughs> that with Very the rest point. of believers in Christ. And you can't associate that mob with the rest of the people who follow Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Because there is differences in several different areas. Right. Yeah. Very, Very good, good points. Point. Excellent. Yeah. And even even Dr. King experienced the same thing when he would march sometimes. There would be people, uh, 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 you know, rebels and and, and people that just wanted to start trouble. That ruining the movement, right. not, that would, not, not, try not to facilitate yeah. what he's trying yes. to do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we got to watch out for those people that are in the group. You guys just tell them, hey, back up. Let the let those head guys do <laughs> the Bible talking says, on the know those who labor amongst you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can yeah. kick it with everyone. No, yeah, no, Fox News will find that one that will start saying something. We want to come get them. Right. We want to take them out. And they're yeah. like, well, you heard it here first. Black Lives Matter. Take them <laughs> right, out. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, see, now it's done. Yeah. Now it's done. Peaceful protest. Now one guy. Come on. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, we're about to go to break here, and uh, we're going to be right back. Continue this discussion. I am going to play another controversial clip and uh, get these guys' feedback on it. There's got to be more than going back and forth. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Desiree Burgess and her team at heartsandpearls.com are proud sponsors of Educate for Life. From her roots at San Diego Christian College, Desiree's goal is for women to feel beautiful. Discover heartsandpearls.com. You'll find a custom handmade fashion forward accessory line for the modern woman, child, and baby. Hear Desiree's story now at heartsandpearls.com, where the opposite of fear is faith. 
have one-button espresso machines in your home or business. They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at expressfixcoffee.com. Are you looking for a church in your neighborhood? Go to kprz.com and click on the church directory to find a church near you. Alright, let's do this. Thanks for tuning in today. You're on Educate for Life Radio with Kevin Conover. I'm your host, and I have three guests in studio. Feel free to call in if you'd like to ask them a question or just make a comment. You give us your perspective. And uh, my uh, the phone number is 866-K-PRAISE. That's 866-577-2473. If you would like to call in, 866-577-2473. And uh, my website's educateforlife.org. You'll be able to pick up a recording of this program if you'd like on my website. Or it's also on YouTube. You can watch us here in the studio, uh, see our handsome faces, and uh, <coughs> and uh, our bald heads here, too, uh, for, for me and Glenn. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, so we, we're talking about racism. We're talking about uh, what's happened with the, the Black Lives Matter. I thought I'd read this article. It's an interesting article. This is written by a black woman, Barbara Reynolds. And uh, she said, I, I was a civil rights activist in the 1960s, but it's hard for me to get behind Black Lives Matter. And, and this is what she said. I thought it was very interesting. She says... She says, it looks, sounds, and feels different. Black Lives Matters is a motley-looking group um, to this septuagenarian grandmother, an activist in the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Many in the crowd admire the cause and courage of these young activists, but fundamentally disagree with their approach. Trained in the tradition of Martin Luther King Jr., we were nonviolent activists who won hearts by conveying respectability and changed laws by delivering a message of love and unity. Mm. Um, BLM seems intent on rejecting our proven methods. This movement is ignoring what our history has taught. The baby boomers who drove the success of the civil rights movement want to get behind Black Lives Matter, but the group's confrontational and divisive tactics make it difficult. In the 1960s, activists confronted white mobs and police with dignity and decorum, decorum, excuse me, sometimes dressing in church clothes and kneeling in prayer during protests to make a clear distinction between who was evil and who was good. But at protests today, it is difficult to distinguish legitimate, legitimate activists from the mob actors who burn and loot. The demonstrations are peppered with hate speech, profanity, and guys with sagging pants that show their underwear. <laughs> Even if the BLM activists aren't the ones participating in the boorish language and dress, neither are they condemning it. The 1960s movement also had an innate respectability because our leaders often were heads of the black church as well. Mm. Unfortunately, church and spirituality are not high priorities for Black Lives Matter and the ethics of love, forgiveness, and reconciliation that empowered black leaders such as King and Nelson Mandela in their successful quest to win over their their uh, oppressors are missing from this movement. The power of the spiritual approach was evident recently in the way relatives of the nine victims in the Charleston church shooting responded at the bond hearing for Dylan Roof, the young white man who, who reportedly confessed to killing the church members to start a race war. Mm. One by one, the relatives stood in the courtroom 
forgave the accused racist killer and prayed for mercy on his soul. As a result, in the wake of that horrific tragedy, not a single building was burned down. There was no riot or looting. And this article is fantastic. If you want to check it out, just type in Barbara Reynolds. She goes on to talk a lot, a lot more uh, about how um, the advice of the older black generation is being rejected by the younger black generation. And she says, our, she says uh, the difference between our movement and this one is that ours was very thoughtful. This one does not have end goals in mind. Like, and she goes on mm. in, in details and so forth. Very That's interesting. interesting uh, any, any thoughts on that, Glenn? What, what do you think about what, what she's saying? Well, um, I, I, you know, uh, I, I respect her for what she said. Um, mm-hmm. However, we, we have to really look at the, or, the reasons why, you know, there's, there has been a breakdown with the church. I, I remember growing up, it was not a question mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. You was going to church. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. You, yeah. You, you, you know, it wasn't like, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take off today. Yeah. No, you going to sleep, church. Sleep no, no sleeping or, in. You're going yeah, to church yeah, and yeah. you're going to be there all day. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and that's just the way it was. And on Wednesday and Thursday. And, and, yes. Yeah. And whenever the church door was, doors were open, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I heard, I heard somebody say, uh, growing up in the pastors, you, you have a drug problem. I was mm-hmm. like a drug problem. Said, yeah. I was drugged to church on Sunday, <laughs> Monday. To- <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, but saying, and not, not to get off topic, not to get off point. Um, what, what I see, though, is it's just a breakdown in communication where the validity of the church is not it's not it's not important anymore to the community. It's not as important. And I think some of the things that we have to do as a church is get back to the places of where we to, to find the sensitivity, to find those sensitive spots, how we can really be community. It was it was a it was a time in the church where, where people just came. And when people stopped coming, we really didn't know how to, you know, get them to come back because we were just so used to them coming. They were just taught to come. Even if the parents didn't come, they would send their kids. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that breakdown there is, you know, so so there's a generation who doesn't see the validity of the church. Who are you? I don't, you're a pastor. And what does that mean to me? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't really have anything to, to say to you. So it's time for the church to 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 reach back out to the community. Yeah. And really be there. And, and we're going outside to, the building. It, 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 not just inside the four walls. Yeah. We got to go hit the streets. Yeah. And when we hit the streets, it's not always going to be nice. Mm-hmm. It's not going it's, it's to be confrontational sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because, you know, we have to admit, hey, man, we fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. In, in some areas, we really fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. You know, and I saw, I've seen your Facebook posts. Uh, mm-hmm. You you have all these kids over at McDonald's. Uh-huh, and, right, right, you know, right. Uh-huh. And, and that's the kind of stuff that's got to get done. Yes. We got yes. to be salt and light like right. Christ told us to right. be. We got to be getting out there exactly. and making a difference in, in, exactly. in our culture. Exactly. Uh, instead of just going, it, treating the church like a country club or something. Right, or something right. Sort. And that's what it's become, a country club. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yes. What about you guys? Uh, what do you think about what she said about the difference between the, the, uh, the Black Lives Matter and... and uh, what what was happening in the sixties? Well, when it comes to the church, um, I agree one hundred percent that the church needs to do a better job today of reaching out to help kids, um, to help families, because there seems to be a lack of um fear. You know, I was scared if I didn't go to church when I was younger. If I didn't go to church, that means that all privileges that the whole week were gone at that moment. So I had to go to church. And at the moment, I hated it. Now I look back and um, I'm grateful because I learned a lot of things. Yeah. You know, so you're telling parents right now that they need to make their kids go to church. They should. They okay. Really should. Okay. Yeah. This is a senior in high school. Parents out there. He's telling ahead, you, you, you have permission to make your kids go to church. Da- Daniel shaking his head here. 
Okay, we got we got another segment left, so we're gonna continue this discussion. It's been great. Where I let you go and lost my way. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, I'm Chris Brown, host of the brand new radio show, Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. What could you do if you were debt free? God has a lot to say about money. Tune in. Evenings at 8 on KPRZ. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Welcome back to Educate for Life. I hope you're having a good Saturday out there. It's a it's a nice day, and um, I'm your host Kevin Conover. My, my website's educateforlife.org, and in studio today I have uh, three gentlemen: uh, Glenn, uh, who is a youth pastor at St. Stephen's, been there for almost his entire well his entire life, yep. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got Theo, uh, also known as Protege. Uh, who is a Christian rapper and a senior in high school. And I got Daniel Wigginton, who is a recent, uh, well, what year are you in college, Daniel? Uh, well, I'm not in college right now, but I'm in L.A. acting. If you okay, L.A. acting, and, and uh, he was a previous student of mine. And uh, these guys have been a blessing, huge blessing here on the show. Um, I wanted to talk about one other thing. Um, it's a little bit controversial, so I'll get your guys' feedback on it. <laughs> but um, when I was in high school, there was a kid, and I actually, um, he was a wrestler, his name was Willie Jones. Glenn, you probably remember him. I remember him. And um, his grandmother was a member of our church. Okay, and he mm. he was an incredible kid, and mm. I and the biggest smile ever. And mm. my father, my not my father, but my wrestling coach loved Willie Jones, and he would talk about him all the time. Mm. And whenever I went to Point Loma High School, and when we would re- re- wrestle against Lincoln, he'd say, "Hey, watch this kid, Willie Jones. He's the greatest kid." And uh, and he he had the hugest smile. He'd he'd beat somebody to you know he'd beat the tar out of somebody in in a wrestling match but then he'd shake hands and just be the nicest guy afterwards and he was going to become a doctor and everything he was Mm -hmm. straight a's just incredible kid Mm -hmm. and uh, incredible athlete and he ended up getting shooting shot uh, by a drive-by shooting the day after um he graduated Mm -hmm. and it was not they did not intend to shoot him 
but he was walking out of a party and a stray bullet hit him. And this brings me to the the subject of um, what some people are. They're saying, hey, this is a this is a scapegoat for Black Lives Matter. It's uh, black on black crime. And people say, hey, look, at you're making you're making this um, about that when that shouldn't be the issue. Uh, the issue is we don't want cops uh, harassing black people unfairly and not treating everybody the same. Right. But again, I want to b- bring Larry Elder. Uh, he's a black uh, political pundit. I, I played him earlier. If you're just tuning in, um, listen to what he has to say. And I want to see I want to see what your guys response is to this. Nine hundred and sixty five people were shot by cops last last year and killed. Four percent of them were white cops shooting unarmed blacks. In, in Chicago in 2011, 21 people were shot and killed by cops. Uh, in 2015, there were seven. Uh, in Chicago, which is a third black, a third white, and a third Hispanic, 70% of the homicides are black on black. Uh, about 40 per month, almost 500 uh, in the, per year last year in Chicago, and 75% of them are unsolved. Where is the Black Lives Matter on that? The idea that a racist white cop uh, and shooting unarmed black people is a peril to black people is BS. Is yeah. complete and total BS. And and the reason for these so-called activists saying this is the assumption that racism remains a major problem in America. The media, CNN, especially MSNBC, runs down whenever a black cop shoots somebody, uh, and and it's a, some some march on Washington. It's ridiculous. Uh, black people, half the homicides in this country are committed by and against black people. Last year there were fourteen thousand homicides. Not talking about suicides. I'm talking about homicides. Mm-hmm. Um, half of them were black. Ninety-six percent of them black on black of that seven thousand. Where's a black? black Black Lives Matter people on that. Okay, so so my question here on this issue and this particular issue is, I feel like okay, uh, so if racism is the issue that we need to deal with, we need to we need to fight racism with everything we have. But if there's something else going on, then that's something that we also need to pay, pay attention to. And there's a there's a huge huge amount. Uh, you know, the, the the police chief, the Dallas police chief, said that seventy percent of black kids are being raised. Uh, in a family without a father. And like you said, uh, Glenn, that this ha- this has to do with racism. So we've got to address racism at all all angles. But there's no doubt about it that uh, the family breakdown is a big part of the the social problems that we're, uh, we're in- experiencing. Um, have you guys, w- what are your thoughts on what he's saying? Is that, it, it, is well, that I, I, true I, uh, or is that false or I, I, what, what is going on black there? On black, black on black crime is a problem, but... So is white on white crime. Sure. You see what I'm saying? That we, we're, we're kind of putting up smoke screens here. You see, black on black crime is not that much of a difference than white on white crime. So you can't say, you can't use that as an excuse, or we need to focus on black on black crime. It's, it's, it's not that much of a difference. Black people murder, or the black on black crime goes on because crime is, is committed against who you live with in your neighborhood. Yeah. White on white crime, it, it, it exists because... That, that's who they live with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, that's that's what it is. Okay. Well, you see what I'm okay. saying? So okay. so we look at black on black crime. So, well, what about that? Yeah. You guys are killing each other. But, you know, that's because they're all in the same neighborhood. And if you look at the white, it, it, it's like, I'm serious, it's like a point percent difference between white on white crime and black on black crime. Okay. So I, um, I'm happy to be, you know, iron sharpens iron here. Right. But uh, this, the stats I read said that 50 percent of homicides for the past 30 years are um, black men killing black men um, when they make up 6% of the population. So uh, about 13% total uh, blacks make up the uh, U S population, but 50% of the homicides, whereas uh, 
the the white population is somewhere around 46 percent, I think, something like that. And so so there seems to be a big disparity there. And so the reason I I feel like this is important to look at is for the younger generation, especially that's growing up, as yeah. well as for the older generations. But we, if it's true, if this is true, then that means, okay, wait, we've got to reassess and say, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, here's, well, what, here's what I go think ahead, is going Dan, on. Go so, uh, yeah, I think we need to look at the situation and say, all right, what is happening? And look at all the listen, listen to the music that's coming out right now from the from mm-hmm. uh, ra- rappers and stuff. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, it's all about killing. It's all about doing drugs. It's all about doing mm-hmm. that. So that's the education that they're getting and being like, OK, I'm about to do that. And then, you know, I don't know what these hillbillies do out there in the uh, in the South. But I'm talking about <laughs> these people that are on the corners killing someone because they grew up on 47th Street and they grew up on 33rd. I mean, that's the craziest thing I've ever. I always thought that was the craziest <laughs> thing. I mean, I didn't, the kid didn't even choose to be there. His dad just purchased that house. And now he killing him because, oh, you're not you're not from where i'm from yeah i yeah. think that's some that's some yeah. mess that, you, that has to be addressed as <clears throat> well ahead, i think they're doing anything to distract us from the issue of racism so yes racism isn't the main problem but it's what we're focusing on right now sure so while we're on that topic let's stay on that topic and everyone mm-hmm. else is saying no let's get away from that topic let's talk about black on black crime i've never heard of black on black crime because of racism it's always because it's never because i'm gonna kill this black person because he's the same skin color as me no it's never <laughs> been like that it's always been <laughs> Where, why are you in my neighborhood? Yeah. Where are you from? Or it's just a robbery or, or anything like that, you know? So they're changing. These are, these are two different issues that they're trying to associate. Yeah. That's like saying, that's like justifying ISIS killing Americans because Americans kill Americans. Okay. No so way. Okay, that's guys, totally different. Guys, hold on. We're, we are, I know we've got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably go for another hour. Right. But um, you know what? I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today, guys. Thank and, you for having uh, us. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Kate. Huge blessing. Appreciate you guys are a huge yes, blessing. Yes. I hope it was a blessing to you. Yeah. And I think this yeah. is, um, this is something as Christians, because that's really, uh, first and foremost, uh, we're followers of Christ. We're, we're people who love Jesus and what he represented mm-hmm. and the fact that he died on the cross for our sins and he gave up his life for our lives. And so ultimately, uh, I think what you were saying, we're going to defeat racism by uh, pursuing what Jesus taught, right. which is to which is to love people. So thanks, guys. Um, yeah. For, for those of you listening so out there, you can pick up a recording on educateforlife.org. And uh, we will be back again next week with another uh discussion about the truth of God's word in Jesus in, I just said Jesus name amen okay <laughs> okay before I bring my need I will bring my did you miss part of today's program don't worry we're committed to helping you get the info you need Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's alright, cause I hear a voice and it calls me every day, when others say I'll never be enough, and greater is the one living inside of me, than he who is living in the world. Educate for Life on KPRZ is sponsored by EducateForLife.org.